Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 324, I get to share one of my dear friends with you, Laura Williams. We would always joke and say, you know, yeah, you can walk through cancer or something physical and the church surrounds you and brings you casseroles, but there's no divorce casseroles. <laughs> there's Aww. no separation casseroles. Yeah. You know, it's just different. You know, it's a different mindset, I think, in the church. I think that was a sad part. I, my church did a great job with me. I feel like I have been there for a while and they knew me and they were very supportive. Um, but I, I have heard so many stories and just seen you know, the church dropped the ball with this. And I think it's because we're so quick to judge. And we, and we know, yes, divorce is not, like it's not God's heart for marriage. I mean, I think there's just a big gap in the church to know what, it's like, we don't know what to do with people who are going through something that we know God says he hates. So how do we reconcile, you know, so it can get kind of messy. Laura is a friend that I originally met online, and we have walked together through a lot of life in the last 10 years. Unfortunately, she has had a lot of challenges in her marriage and her marriage ending in divorce. And I invited her on the show because I know she's not the only one. The one who struggled with, is this a marriage that we need to stay and work through? Is this a marriage that needs to end? She even wrote a book called To Walk or To Stay. And at that point in her marriage, she had chosen to stay and reconcile. And so my hope in sharing the story with you, whether you are in a place where your marriage is at that point or not, that we could see each other and we could have compassion for all the narratives we're each walking through. And if this is similar to your story, that you would feel less isolated and that we as a church could come around you, that we could be Christ's heartbeat to you and care for you better. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Laura, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Heather, hey, what's up? Oh, friend. I know, so good to hear your voice. Okay, so y'all, the internet's a weird place, right? It is that. I met Laura on the internet, but (laughs) she became part of this group of women that we've been navigating ministry, online ministry, and all the different aspects of it for years, over like 10 years. Yeah. And we've become in real life friends and we have walked through not just online ministry, but life in the midst of that. And it seems like our little group has walked through a lot. (laughs) We really have. I mean, we all put targets on our back, apparently, and the enemies had a heyday. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. And so I've been kind of waiting for that moment. I've had the podcast for a while and I've known a lot of this whole time, but I'm like, when's the moment when I get to share your story? Mm. And we're here. It's an honor. Yeah. We are here. So I know the statistics. I know just from interactions I have with people and DMs and emails that there are a lot of women that are going to relate to your story. 
So um, if I'd interviewed you years ago when you wrote mm-hmm. your book, <laughs> yeah, this would be a different episode. Right? It would be. It would be. So let's catch everyone up. I, would you want to give a synopsis of um, what's been happening? My lifetime drama that I live. <laughs> No, we all <laughs> yeah. do, right? We, we all, all have, do. We all do. It would normalize that. Let's just or normalize exactly. that. That like we all have some sort of brokenness We're that's intersecting. In drama. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. So um, I got married in 2002. And then um, we walked through a really just difficult marriage. A lot of brokenness that, you know, probably marks most marriages in some form. But we went through a really dark time that I guess a couple times that were just broken in our relationship. We separated and there was just a lot involved with that. And, and God did a healing work. And I ended up writing a book called to walk or stay, which re- I mean, really was the Lord led it. And I look back at that and I'm like, you know, everything I wrote that, I mean, it was real. And that was what God was doing. And he taught me so much about what does forgiveness look like? What does love look like? What does restoration look like? And, you know, walking through that process. Because part of your, part of that is your husband. Yes. So there journey. was infidelity. Mm-hmm. There was infidelity. And some of that is briefly laid out in the book, but the book really became more about how God healed me mm-hmm. through that process rather than really his story, you know, and, and you were with me through that writing of that book, I'm thinking, or at least right yeah. after that, maybe. But so that book released and then. What year was that? That was 20. Oh, see, I should know this, right? It's like when you asked when your babies were born. I just saw know it. That. I saw it on my bookshelf. Is it 2013? Like, feels right. I think it was that feels right. I think that we'll just go with that. We'll just go with that. Well, because I think in general in the church, we have sometimes this ideology that divorce is wrong unless there's mm, infidelity. Yeah. Right. And so having walked through this with friends there are certain seasons of this where you're called to, you feel like, well, God is calling me to forgiveness and he's, and the, the yeah. spouse is willing to work through and we're working right. to reconcile and exactly. do the counseling, do the work. We have the support of the church and everyone's on board to, to stay. It's not an automatic, okay, well now the, the marriage is ended. And so right. I think that was kind of part of the message too, is that through that season, God asked you to forgive and to stay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly right, Heather, because I remember, you know, and I say this in that book where I remember, you know, begging with the Lord, God, I just want you to show me what to do. I don't know what to do. I know you hate divorce. Divorce is horrible. I still hate divorce. It is painful on so many levels. And there is an unraveling of two lives that it's just very difficult. So it should never be entered lightly. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I knew what the word said, I, you know, I'd grown up in the church and I, and I wanted to honor the Lord. I really, really did. Um, and God did lead me. He led me to stay. And that's where he had me at that moment. And, and so I wrote out of that and I, I learned a lot about, um, forgiveness through that. And, and again, not that I'm perfect. Every marriage has two sides and there were, there was ways that I was really broken as well. And, but then you fast forward, actually, I think it was 2012, that book came out. And then you fast forward and some of the old patterns started to come back up again with infidelity. And it was an, a few years later 
and God just had me in a different place. You know, I had healed a lot through those years after the book came out and just what does this new togetherness look like? And, but by the time it happened again and things kind of came to light again, it was like 2016, end of 2016, end of 2017. There had been some stuff along the way that was, you know, challenging and caused me to seek counsel from the church and, you know, what does this look like? And, but that time God led me different, you know, and I, I can truly say like, it was not an easy decision. It was the most, you know, it was actually harder to leave than it Mm. was to stay Interesting, because staying came with this pat on the back from Mm. the church. Mm. And it came with this like approval that yet, you know, great job. You are pressing. And and that's true. I mean, there is some truth to that. Like you're trying and you're going to stick it out and you're going to, but I think walking away or choosing to say, you know what, this is not honoring the Lord and this is not helping our family. This is not healthy for our kids. This whole, this is all very broken. And to, to get to a place where, you know, where I say, I, I cannot keep doing this. This is just not honoring and it is, it is not okay. And to get to a place where I did, that was difficult. It was harder. And there was so much shame. And I guess when you add in that, I had just written a book, you know, a few years before about how I had stayed and, and that was still real and true, but getting to a different place. And I think when that happened, you know, 2016 into 2017, we, we separated the end of 2017 and, you know, I learned a lot more about forgiveness. And one of the biggest things I learned that time as I was processing through those, you know, situations was that forgiveness does not always equal reconciliation. And that was, that was difficult to say, okay, so I can, I can forgive and also say, I have to draw this boundary, you know, mm-hmm. around what honors the Lord in a marriage and, and then let the consequences fall. Like, what are the consequences of that boundary? You know, what are the consequences if I say, this is, this is the line of what honors God in a home and what honors God in a marriage um, when it comes to faithfulness, when it comes to how we speak to one another and that kind of thing. And to let, let those consequences kind of unfold from there. That was, that was tough, you know, and it definitely led into a season of deep, deep shame. I'm thrilled to connect with one of our sponsors this week because I feel like what they're all about is what we are all about. It's the Nextdoor app. And if you are maybe new to a neighborhood or wanting to connect particularly lately with people that live around you, Nextdoor is a great option. I'll tell you, we were on a walk um, a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning and we ran into a gal and she just started crying when she was talking to us. And it turns out she just moved to the neighborhood the day before. And in the process of the move, her cat went missing and she was so upset. The cat was older. Anyway, I immediately posted on our next door because I was already linked in with the neighborhood. She sent me pictures that I could post. And it was so great to have a place that we knew we could reach out and that people would be on the lookout for her cat. Great news. She found the cat. It was smart and it was hiding really far behind a sink. 
But if you want to try out Nextdoor, it is a free app that securely connects you with verified neighbors so you always know what's happening in your local area. Like when there was a freeze in Dallas back in February, it was so great to get moment-to-moment updates on, you know, where the water outages were and what was going on with electricity and just um, to check in on some elderly neighbors. Uh, With Nextdoor, you can buy and sell items. You can find a last-minute pet sitter. You're posting in real time and getting updates for everything that's happening. It's there on Nextdoor. It's a free neighborhood hub. So go to nextdoor.com slash DMA to sign up and see what your neighbors are talking about. Be sure to use the link to sign up so they know you support the show. That's nextdoor.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone to join your neighborhood today. Don't forget to tell them who sent you by going to nextdoor.com slash DMA. I get questions from women a lot who are in that place of like what this decision and this decision that you wrote the book on and just did you feel that you were being led well and if you can't say that's fine did you feel like you had people around you giving advice that wasn't just this is what they think but like sound biblical guidance that is kind of supporting you to be led by God or did you feel like some of the message you you were giving was at odds with what you felt like God was leading you to do? You know, I really do believe that at that moment, God definitely surrounded me with people that, you know, there's always going to be different voices. There just will be. People have a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts. And I can't think of one time where I've counseled anyone who's come to me and said, you should get a divorce. Like, I just, I, I don't do that. And I think because there's, it's such an intimate decision with the Lord and, and seeking him and seeking the lead of his spirit. And I think as we do that and he, and he starts to lead us and that's a whole nother conversation. How do you hear from the Lord? What does that yeah. look like? And, yeah. um, but you know, sensing that, okay, I have a piece about stepping in this way, even though I'm scared to death and I don't know what's up ahead. I have a piece about that. And God was really kind in my life to, I was already surrounded. I had a really great, I still have a really great support system and, um, friends and family who had walked with me through the journey and were able to speak in. And I felt in a way that was not just out of emotion, um, but out of like, okay, I I can support you in this decision because, you know, this or that. And then even, you know, I was at a church and it's still the church I'm at now, just hearing one of my pastors, you know, look at me and say, I I do think it's time you allow um, your husband to kind of bear the weight of his choices. And instead of always taking them away, taking away the consequences, taking away those in efforts to, you know, save things, allow him to bear that weight. and that was a different messaging to me. And maybe it was the timing. Maybe it was just God's timing and where he had me. And that's what the message was, you know, because it was the time for that message in my life. But mm-hmm. I mean, but there are, there were always, there were, there was a handful of people who didn't agree or, and you know, but that's always going to be, there's yeah. always going to be people who don't agree. And, and I think we should listen to the people God surrounds us with. I really do. I think it's important. But we also have to weigh it against what God is leading us to do. So, And I know that there is this innate fear with this decision, too, of how am I going to 
physically live and care for children on my own. And having that support is so huge. Like the fact that you had people, but did you go through that? Like, man, I can't make this decision because I am fearful of what it looks like when I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had gotten to, God had proven in our family over and over that he was always, if we just talk, just, you know, how he materially provides, like I was not working full time. I was doing the writing, speaking kind of part-time here and there and, and being at home with the kids and kind of juggling that, which, you know, is, I loved it and I love doing that, but you know, starving artists is a real thing. And it's like, (laughs) you know, it wasn't always, you know, it it wasn't going to sustain me if I just think, okay, I need to, if I'm going to support, you know, my family and have these kids and what is that going to look like financially? I knew that God would provide. I just didn't know how, you know? Yeah. And you couldn't let the fear of how disrupt that decision. Yeah, exactly. But it is funny, you know, talking about support. I had one friend in particular that walked really close with me. She was about, I don't know, five years ahead of me in the journey. And so she had walked through divorce and had really healed well from it. And she was a great, a great support. And you can always tell if people are stuck in their bitterness, then they're probably not going to be a great support. (laughs) But if they've walked through it and have walked through it honorably and gotten to the other side and, you know, can say, okay, I I know I didn't do that perfectly, but I, I learned a lot and I feel like God led me. So Um, But we would always joke and say, you know, yeah, you can walk through, you know, cancer or something physical and and the church surrounds you and brings you casseroles, but there's no casseroles. There's no divorce casseroles. (laughs) There's no separation casseroles. You know, it's just different. You know, it's a different mindset, I think, in the church, you know, and that's, I think that was a sad part. My church did a great job with me. I feel like I have been there for a while and they knew me and they were very supportive. Um, but I, I have heard so many stories and just seen, you know, the church dropped the ball with this because, and I think it's because we're so quick to judge and we, and we, yes, divorce is not of the, like, it's not God's heart for marriage. I mean, yeah, he hates it and I hate it, you know? And so I think we equate like, okay, so God hates this. Therefore, if you're in that or it's happened to you, which I've, I've started to realize like, this is just something that it happens, you know, it happens in our life and it's not your identity and it's not who you are, but you have to walk through that process of getting to the place. And I, I think there's just a big gap in the church to know what it's like. We don't know what to do with people who are going through something that we know God says he hates. So how do we reconcile, you know, so it can get kind of messy. You mentioned that, that shame, which, yeah. Often shame, I've heard this from another guest I had on, sits on the shoulders of guilt, but mm. that implies like that it it's this idea that it's, you did something wrong. Yeah. And so then you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Talk us through like that journey to where, whether it's an internal message or you're getting it externally from your community, how did you work through those feelings of I am wrong because this is part of my life? Mm. You know, it's funny, Heather, because that season, our separation into the divorce, it was over a two-year process. Um, our divorce wasn't final until the beginning of 2019. And so those two years, when they started, like the way I began personally in my shame is I put down all ministry, which I don't think was wrong. I think it was a good decision. That was like a but time I don't know that commitment too, but yeah. Time and, but I think for me, 
I know that there was also this piece of, I'm not worthy to do any of that. Like my marriage has failed. I couldn't fix it. And mm. we, we couldn't make it work. Um, I've written this book and I'm, you know, and you start to hear all these lies about you're just a fraud. What do you know? You know, and all of this. And then you, then you have the shame of you go to church and there's a lot for married people and some things for single people, but when you're just in this weird space. So I, I think it was a lot of that recognizing, okay, what am I thinking? Because I'm feeling the weight of shame. I feel that kind of heaviness and that embarrassment. I always knew there was shame when there was like an embarrassment. I didn't want to say I was divorced or separated. Um, mm. And I started to ask myself, why am I embarrassed about that? What is, can, what are the thoughts connected to that? Yeah. And just kind of working through like, okay, what am I thinking about? And what is actually true? And it was a process. Like it absolutely was a process, but I think I finally got to that place where I was like, you know, okay, divorce. Yes, it's happening in my life, but that's just it. It's happening. It doesn't mean that's who I am. And it doesn't just because God hates it. It doesn't mean he hates me. He mm. loves me. And, and just kind of washing those lies with the truth of what God says. And he's so, he's so gracious to get us to transform our minds as we take our thoughts captive. He really does. He can transform our minds. And so eventually I did get to the place where I was like, you know what, that is not who I am. And it's a really freeing feeling to be able to say, yeah, I, I'm divorced <laughs> and not feel the weight of shame, you know, alongside it. I, I think what you just said is so healing to so many people that maybe having those thoughts, but haven't acknowledged them or mm. felt that same shame. And, and it's just kind of holding them hostage. I feel like shame does. And yeah. so thank you for being brave and going first and saying it out loud that God may hate divorce, but he doesn't hate me. I mean, yeah, that's huge right there. Absolutely. You know, I think what I, I realized too, just when you talk about valuing, you know, how God values us individually, I think there was also just the struggle of seeing that maybe the church or maybe just me, maybe just, you know, as you've been brought up in the church or whatever, there was a value of marriage itself as an entity that mm -hmm. was almost greater than the value of the people in the marriage. And I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, yes, God, I mean, he does, he created marriage. Like it's meant to reflect Christ in the church. It is beautiful in its design. And yes, like, yes, he does. But you know what? Marriage is not going to go into eternity. <laughs> you know, it's the individuals in the marriage that are going to enter into eternity with him. And so kind of getting to the place too, where I was like, you know, he values us individually. What, what is going to bring us to places of healing um, and to further growth um, in the Lord? So yeah, I think it was, um, I had Jenny B on the show, if y'all need more encouragement on this topic. And she said that he's, she said, I had to come to a place where I recognized God loved me more than he loved my marriage. Mm, and I yes, absolutely. That is a huge part of it. If you're looking for the perfect gift for your mom or for another loved one, I can't wait to share one of our sponsors with you. I I'm telling you, they sent me a free skylight frame just as being a sponsor so I could try it out and tell you all about it. I loved it so much for my in-laws that I bought my mom her own skylight frame. And what I think is fantastic about it, one, it's super easy to set up. They just have to connect to their Wi-Fi 
And in less than 60 seconds, all of the pictures I send to an email address pop up on the frame. It's so fantastic. No matter where your loved one is, my in-laws just live up the, the tollway from us, but it's still great that in the busyness of our lives, we can send them updates through the skylight frame. So the skylight frame is a gorgeous 10-inch touch screen. You can swipe through the photos with the finger. You can even tap to thank the person. So I get an email when they like the picture that I sent. It's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, they will give you a full refund. You could even preload it with some of your favorite pictures for a special Mother's Day gift or surprise them with photos that you didn't they didn't know you had. Uh, so if you want to go check it out, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's right. Get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code DMA. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com and the code is DMA. So you have kids. You kind of mentioned I do. having kids. Yes. How old are they now? I'm guessing they're like 85, oh eight, you know. Yeah, they're each 85. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I've got three teenagers, which is wild. So wow. 13, almost 15, almost 17. So I, I can't. I mean, I've stayed like 30. I don't know how they keep getting older. I've just stayed the same age. But for some reason, I have three teenagers. So no, but they're great. Yeah. yeah. How did they walk through this? Because so I think so much, you know, everyone's like, oh, kids are resilient. But still, this is oh, yeah. their, their foundation is shifting. And I think as moms, we add to the shame. We add guilt of yes. now there's something my children have to deal with that I don't want for them to have to work through. Mm. And, and I meet so many grown moms who are still working through their, you know, mm. the brokenness in their family of origin, whatever that brokenness was. And so yeah. we're never going to create these perfect environments for our children. There are challenges that we all walk through, but we carry that burden. And so encourage the mom who's in that place, who's just feeling this weight of not wanting this for her kids. Uh, I mean, and if I'm just totally honest, my kids are still, obviously they are still processing and still going through like, because it is such a journey and it's such a long process. But I think one thing that I had to, and, and I think by the grace of God, he had given me this truth, like deep within me years ago is just the, re- because our home was volatile and I, and maybe it kind of goes back to that, but just getting to that place where, where we, we do say, you know, I, I'm not in control of these children. I'm just not, you know, I'm convinced that parenting is way more about us being transformed than it is what we're doing for our kids. Because I know too many people who are raised in homes that are just tragic. And yet they come out like loving the Lord and walking through life with mission where other families, you know, they're, they've done all the right things and their kids just, you know, go off the rails, which I kind of did, but, um, (laughs) But, but we, we have a whole like, other episode we get to talk about Laura's, Laura's train wreck with grace. Yes. That's okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's another story. But, um, I, and it was something I had to remind myself over and over, you know, yes, this is hard and it's not what I would choose for them, but I have to believe that as God has led me 
he is being faithful to lead them, that he is not going to lead them to this situation in life where they're now faced with being, you know, kids of divorced parents and not meet them there with grace. You know, he will be gracious to them. And I have to believe that. And I know, you know, my kids are in different places with the Lord. My oldest, she is, you know, on fire for the Lord. And she's able to see things from that perspective a little more clearly. My boys are there's still a process and, you know, they're still having to learn that God is faithful, even if my life looks different than my friend's lives. And I think that was probably, especially one of my sons, you know, his biggest struggle is just like, I feel like I'm different. You know, I feel like I'm different. I feel like a lot of my friends aren't having to deal with this, you know, but I think one of the keys for us, and I don't know, I think probably for any family, but it's just having open communication, me and the kids and being very careful not to talk down at all about their dad and to encourage them to honor their dad and that relationship. And I want them to figure out that relationship with him on their own, but at the same time, making a space for them to be open and honest. And like, we can talk about things and what are you struggling with? And, you know, how are you feeling about this? that was really huge in helping them and and still in helping them communicate and process. And, and it's different at different ages. I know as teenagers, you know, I'm in a season, whereas if your kids are little, it might be more difficult, but just having that open communication and counseling. I mean, we should all be in counseling <laughs> at some point in our lives, I think, but yeah. um, that's been a huge blessing or with my older, my oldest, she, you know, has had mentors along the way and I've helped her find mentors. That's been a really huge blessing for her. Do you have shared custody? We do. Yep. So, um, we do a two thirds, one third. So they're with me two thirds of the time and then with him a third of the time. So it just rotates back and forth. And I mean, that's challenging. That was one of the biggest challenges for the kids. I mean, it's, you know, they're going back and forth and, you know, and, and it is a lot but I think in time, you know, they, kids are resilient in a way they do kind of get into, okay, this is the rhythm. This is the rhythm. And I know not every situation is the same. And I know that there are some situations where you just, you cannot, <laughs> there's not custody, joint custody or whatever for various reasons, abuse or whatever. But I think kids are resilient, even if maybe they're not excited, you know, sometimes to go again, or, you know, to leave one house and go to the next or whatever, but just continuing to encourage them in the process, I guess. Because you're still, you're still in relationship with that person. It's different from a divorce where kids are not involved because you're co-parenting. Right. And then it's navigating the challenges that are already hard of teen years or social things or phones or, and all that. Yeah. Any advice for co-parenting that you've navigated? And I mean, I know it's in process. You know, I'll be honest. Like, I don't think we've, our relationship is still very, um, unfortunately, it's pretty cold, mine and my ex. Um, It's very um, transactional. So, and that's just where we are. It's, I think it's just, for us, we only communicate about the kids we prefer to do it in writing. So either texting or email. And so our co-parenting has looked very different than I, you know, I have some friends who they're in a fairly healthy relationship with their ex and they're in a place where they can work together. And I mean, unfortunately we're just not there and, you know, maybe one day it'll be that way, but it's still a little rough. 
Yeah. How do you navigate when you have conflict then? Like, do you have to bring in a mediator, an external mediator or? How does I mean, that- we were very, yeah. When we went through the process of just what does custody look like? We definitely wanted to have everything written down. So we went through, you know, all the, all the ways of mediating. Okay. What does it look like for this? How does this, and, and sometimes you have to do that. If it's a more difficult relationship, you might have to be very specific. And this is what, you know, the exchange looks like between, you know, one house and the next, or this is what we'll do in this situation. And, um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you have to get really detailed in that. But I think if you are, and if it is a little bit, if there's conflict still in the relationship, having that is helpful because you're like, okay, we're just going to stick to what it says. We're just going to stick to what it says. That way we avoid further conflict. Like, well, you said this, or I, you know, I thought this or whatever it's, it's in writing and we'll just go by that. So that's been where we've had to be. Uh Uh-huh. So let's talk through when you start dating again. Yeah. That even like, do you even let yourself move into that space and how, what did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, our separation lasted, you know, a little over two years. And, and for me, which was a, a real blessing, I knew I needed time to heal. Like dating wasn't even on my radar. I just, I needed time to walk through that process, walk the kids a little bit into it through that process. And I remember after the divorce was final, January, 2019, um, I had a couple friends and they were like, okay, so what do you think? Have you, you know, thought about, what do you think about trying to get out there again? Date? And it's, it's a weird thing. Oh my gosh. Heather dating when you're in your forties versus when you're in your twenties <laughs> yeah. and, and 2020 and 29, it's just a different, it's like a jungle out there. There's some oh, crazy man. things you see, but I think for me too, I, it was a conversation with the kids I had. I was like, okay, what do you guys think about if I started dating? You know, how does that feel to you? What is that? You know, and they, in my situation, they were all very supportive. And again, they were older, they're teenagers and they were like, yes, you know, so they, the whole time have been wanting that for me. And it's probably just wanting me to, you know, have a companion, enjoy, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So stepping into dating has been, it's been interesting. (laughs) It's been interesting. Yeah, but I have met somebody. So that's been really fun. So, okay. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> How long do you like? I know some people have kind of guidelines, and I guess it depends on the age of the kids before you bring that person, like where you bring them to meet your kids. Do you have any advice yeah. about that piece? So, you know, it's funny. I, it's probably pretty individual, but I know for me, you know, I've, went on dates with other people, um, before I met the man I'm, I've been seeing, but, and I knew like, okay, no, we're not, we're not introducing this person to my kids, you know? And so I think for one, first you have to know like, okay, what am I looking for? And what you kind of go through that process that we even went through back in our twenties, like, what, what am I looking for? You know, what do I, God, what do you want from me? You know, in this next season of my life and what does it look like? And And then once you meet someone, you know, just kind of, I think there is a good, it's important to wait a minute. You know, I, there's a really, really great dating book I read called how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. I'm not calling anyone a jerk. 
but it is such a great book. It sounds um, like a, I love it. I love it's that. It's a really great book. Yeah, he was a pastor, the guy who wrote it, but it's not really a Christian book. It's more of like a counseling and, you know, you got to look at these five aspects. So I had read that. And so I just, and one thing he says is like, you want to give it some time just because you don't really know a person right off the bat. So he suggests 90 days before you actually really know a person in general, but we did not wait 90 days before we introduced each other. So we broke that rule, but we did wait a little bit of time just because I wanted to make sure that this was something that could possibly be something, not even, I know this is something, it was just, this could possibly be something. And I want, my kids are older, so I want them to kind of weigh in on it. Yeah. 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 yeah, You don't want to waste time. Like if they are right off the bat, not interested. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, it's so individual and I think it's a little bit based on the age of the kids. What is the attitude of the kids? What, what's going on in that? And then how do they feel about you dating? And then is this person someone that you could see potential with? Not that you already know, but just that you see potential with, you know, and allowing that to start, you know, mixing together. And they like this person. They do like him. They like him for me a lot. We have a lot of fun together. He's yeah, we have a great time. I will say the hardest, one of the hardest things I'm learning, we've been dating now, I guess, five months. And one of the hardest things is seeing my, my own mess start. Mm. Like I went through the healing, you know, a lot of healing. And, you know, while I was walking through the separation and just kind of processing and all of that. And I really got to a place where I was content to, to be alone and to just do the single mom thing. And, And I think that's really important. And I would say that like if for those that are just getting into separation or have or walking through that, like, I think it's so important to take some time and just like, let the Lord mend some broken things and some places that, you know, not that led you to that place, but that, you know, played a part and, you know, what does God want to teach you? But I also have seen now there's some things that you can't even heal from until you're in a relationship again, where you kind of start to see like, oh, wow. Yeah. That, that right there is my insecurity. And it's not even based on this other person. Like it has nothing to do. There's been a handful of times it has literally nothing to do with him. And I see it in myself and I know it's attached to something in the past. And it's like, wow, I want to be healed from that. Like I do not want to be bound to fears that aren't even based in the now they're based in the past. And um, so you need a really patient person who is, and he has been very, you know, we often say we're like, yeah, every, you can't be in your forties, fifties dating again without baggage. And he'll say, yeah, "Yeah, the question is, is it a carry on or is it a trunk? You know, like, (laughs) what do we bring? What kind of baggage are we bringing to the table? And do you feel like, uh, you know, some of this is coming from the previous marriage and, the infidelity oh, yeah. and the trust, or are you saying even before that Absolutely. issues? Okay. No, for me, it's definitely based in, yeah, my, my previous marriage and just trust and, and fears and how those can then play into a new relationship, even not based on what that relationship's doing. It's just, it comes yeah. up. Are there good resources? Like, I feel like someone needs to write a book about this transition and like recognizing when these things come up and just leading them into healing because it is so individualistic, but at the same time, themes of like what you're saying, the shame theme or the trust theme, were there resources for you or ministries out there that churches could 
kind of recruit? Like, do they, are there divorce care options? There is a divorce care. That okay. is, a, yeah. And I went through that. That was really good. It's, a, I mean, it's a very old program. And I, I was going to say, is it a program that yeah. a church like? It's a program. Okay. Churches like, yeah, they, I guess, buy the materials and then just, yeah. Host so, it. I mean, they kind of just they host, host it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And that is a really great resource. There were not, though, a ton of books that I found. There were a couple, but I wouldn't even be able to recommend them, you know? So, interesting. So, you're going to have to write one. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying. I'm sure this will come out and people are going to message me. So, if y'all have ideas (laughs) when I post this on Instagram or via email, send me the list and we'll add it to the show notes. But yes, um, for sure. Laura, I'm so happy for you that God has you in a place of healing and that you're leaning into mm. him and just this journey. I feel like it's really this journey of trust, no matter the yeah. circumstances, right? It really is just one day at a time and trusting that he, you know, trusting that God, and I say this like to myself all the time, like, God, you are good and you're being good to me. And I have to trust that, you know, even in the midst of difficulty that he's not only good, but he's being good to me right now in this process. Well, I'm grateful for you. You too, girl. I miss you so much. And coming on here. And thank you. And are you open if gals want to just connect with you on this topic? Okay. Absolutely. Yep. So where could they reach out to you? Um, I mean, probably if you want to just link my email in show notes, that'd be good. I have, that is another thing. I've just not been online a ton in this season and just kind of transitioning. Um, but I mean, I do have my website still to overflowing.com. Um, think true things.com is a prop, a prop. What am I trying to say? A program or like a program. It's something I've been working on, like a new series or whatever. Um, But yeah, just link my email. People can email me. It's totally fine. And we'll put links to your rap videos. Oh, no. Let's not do that. Yeah. Uh Y'all don't Mm, even know. It's in this tiny little package. (laughs) Laura Williams is quite the word poet. Look at you. I'm her biggest fan. And I, I just believe that in part of this freedom from all the shame and the, all that was involved in that relationship, there's freedom to be this word poet. Okay. Come on. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. You've been so, you've been so kind to call that out. So, well. Y'all go, maybe we'll find one and we're going to post it. And it's going to (laughs) be, I did write one. You know what? When you and I were together the last time, you remember I started one and I did finish it and I did post it. We're going to link to that. We're going to link to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I hope you all have the best rest of your school year and summer. Thank you. I'm excited about this new relationship and all God has. Oh, thank you, sweet friend. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in this week. And I just want to pray over all the tender hearts represented with this topic, whether you have walked through divorce, whether you are in the process, whether your marriage is at a point that you wonder if that's where your marriage is headed, um, or just all marriage is kind of under attack right now, especially after all we've been through the last year. So I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I know you have good 
in store for us. And you have systems in place for our thriving and our flourishing. And I know it breaks your heart that sin enters in, that brokenness impacts relationships, and that this ripping apart happens in marriage. But I also know that you are so close to the brokenhearted that you love your sons and your daughters more than we can ever imagine. And that same sin that breaks marriages, breaks your heart, you are so capable of transforming every heart to turning every heart back to you. And I pray that we would surrender that to you. I pray for each mom represented here who um, is worried for her children, who is walking through some challenges and the ripple effects of a marriage that isn't functioning well, Lord. I pray that she would be so focused on you, God, that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit, that she would know your comfort and she would know your care and that she could offer that same comfort and care to her children, not because of her strength or her ability, but because of yours. And that it's never ending, that your love is limitless and that she has access to that. I pray, Lord, for reconciliation if possible, but also for wisdom on steps to move forward and to pursue your heart when it comes to family for each one represented here. I pray that we would be better as a church, that we would come alongside the men and the women who are walking through broken marriages and divorce, and we could do better, God, that we could be your hands and feet in a way um, that would represent you better. And Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for joining me today. Um, again, there's always links in the show notes over at don'tmomalone.com. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything to tell you about. I know Mother's Day is coming up, and I'm hoping to put together a fun giveaway. I think, you know, last Mother's Day felt like moms needed a boost, but I'm thinking even more so right now because we've got the combination of coming into the end of the school year with a depleted resource. I mean, we have used all of our energy to navigate the last year, and now we're having to do a hard push to get through May. And it just seems crazy that Mother's Day lands right before that last month of chaos if you have school-age children. Um, So I want to do a giveaway. If you're not following me on Instagram, at least be a part of my email group so you can get notified on email. Uh, You can sign up at olaheather.com. And... I'll meet you back here next week. Hoping to have a special Mother's Day episode for you. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, 
The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.